This episode originally aired as a part of my other podcast, Project Shadow. Over there, I have been doing world-building content for a while, and I'm currently moving it all over to this new podcast. New episodes will be appearing soon. I am currently making all of my old content, including Worldbuilding 101 and Worldbuilding 201, available on this podcast as Season 1 and Season 2 of Mythweaving. I hope you enjoy, and don't forget to have the fun. So yesterday, we talked about how to go from a fascination to a story idea we could start building out. Now remember, we're talking about building a story world, not actually the book or the story itself yet. We're still focused on the world. Okay. So today we're going to talk about really starting to dig into it from the inciting incident all the way through to the entity being transformed. I'll explain that in a lot more detail on this episode of Project Shadow. Hello, everyone. How are you doing today? I hope you're doing all right. Uh, we're doing pretty good. Uh, mostly just trying to keep our spirits up and keep moving forward. By the way, my name's Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset. And today we're continuing our little seminar on World Building 101. And today we're going to be actually getting to the part where many people start and finish. But it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Alrighty. Well, before we get into all that, if you haven't already, please do take a moment to rate this podcast and whatever app you're listening to me on. And if they don't let you rate it, or even if they do, maybe share it with other people to help get the word out about what we're doing here. It really helps me out a lot. And I can't thank you enough for everybody who does that. Alrighty. So let's just get into it, shall we? The next thing that we're going to be doing, and remember, we're following John Bonnet or Benet, I don't know how to pronounce his name, never heard it said out loud. His ideas from Stealing Fire from the Gods. I highly recommend that you read the book. I am giving you kind of a brief overview of all of these ideas. I, I highly recommend that you read the book. I, I've, this book is so good that I've actually bought several editions and own several editions and flip back and forth to see how it's developed over the years. I mean, it's, I, I'm obsessed with this method. We're also going to eventually get to some of N.K. Jemison's ideas, but that's in the future. All right. So now we have taken our fascination and called from it our subject and our quintessential, the essence, the thing that's going to hold our story together. So now, the next thing we're going to do is determine the threat and the ins in the inciting action. Now, don't get this confused for the inciting incident in your book. These are not the same thing. These are not the same thing. Though they, they could eventually be the same thing. So, for example, if I can go back to Star Wars for a moment, the first Star Wars movie that came out was Episode 4, A New Hope. The inciting incident 
for that movie is Vader trying to, well, depending on your point of view, is either Vader trying to capture the ship in orbit or the droids coming into contact with Obi-Wan. I'm sorry. Yeah, with Obi-Wan. Because you have to get them from Luke to Obi-Wan for the story to really start kicking off. The actual inciting action is Palpatine changing the Republic into the Empire. And that's a part of the story that was not there, but it was necessary for the world. Now, yes, eventually we got to see that through the prequels, but initially the prequels didn't exist. And by the time we get to the prequel trilogy, we're actually dealing with an earlier inciting incident because we, we've expanded the world out, but that's not what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> this is not a Star Wars episode. Though, if you'd like me to take you through Star Wars using this method when we're done, I would be glad to do it. So the threat and the inciting action is something that happened in your world that set up the conditions that your characters are currently living under. Now, having said that, it is important to remember that this shouldn't be aeons ago. Now, it could have started aeons ago, but things dilute over time. So the idea that something that happened 2,000 years ago would be affecting your story a 1,000 years later, well, you have to look for a much closer instance, okay? So say you're wanting to write a story that takes place in the Crusades. Well, you could say the rise of Christianity in um, Palestine in the 1st, 2nd, and 3rd century is the inciting action. And it kind of is, because without Christendom taking over Europe, well, it would have been a lot harder for everybody to get organized and come together and, you know, make the Crusades a thing. <laughs> but it's not actually the inciting action. It is an inciting action, and it's something to bear in mind. But the inciting action will depend on what the perspective of your story is. It could be the rise and spread of Islam. It could be one of the sieges and one of the battles that took place just prior to the Crusades. It could be the letter of Prester John. It could be any of the events. It could be the Pope coming to power and wanting to solidify his power by distracting the squabbling nobles of Europe. All of those more immediate actions to the Crusades are much more properly the inciting incident the inciting action for the world than Christianity being founded over a thousand years prior. So for the sake of our story taking place in the Crusades, yes, both are important, but the actual inciting action, the actual threat needs to come closer in, in time to the events in which we're probably going to be writing. Because those ancient ones while they can be important and they can tie in, they will have been diluted, changed, augmented, and re maybe risen up in a different manner. Okay? And I'm going to try to remember to put a link to this in the show notes for this episode. But this is also a good time 
to go to Tim Hickson's Eight Steps to Constructing a Fictional World History. Because while we're not actually at the state of building a world history yet, in step two, he brings up a very important thing that we need to look at our world through the lens of culture, economics, politics, religion, technology, and geography. And that each one of those things is going to affect the world differently. And that's something that's really good to bring in here while we're looking at our inciting action. What created the threat? Because it could be a geographic threat, that they're in a place with a dam upriver. You can see this in Frozen 2, for example. The inciting action is actually her father, I'm sorry, her grandfather, building the dam on the river that now threatens the entire town of Arendelle. Right? So that's a geographical as well as a political, and you could also say a religious and cultural threat, but it's a threat on different levels. So you have the spiritual threat from the spirits who are angered. You have the cultural threat between the two peoples. You have the political threat, which is the other side of the war between the two peoples. And so on and so forth. And you see how that works to help you get a better sense of what's going on here. Because the more precise you can be now in figuring out what set the events of the world in motion, what set the world on the course that it is for the time we're telling the story. And remember, this doesn't have to be like grand in the beginning inciting incident. Like I said, if you just have to come in right where you're going to be interested. So for example, if you're doing a story about the Trojan War, our inciting action is actually maybe the kidnapping of of Helen of Troy, if that's the way we want to go with it. It could be the political tensions in the area, if we wanted to do that sort of a thing. It could be some economic blockade, if we want to just do a riff on that. So you see what I'm saying? There are many different ways to look at this inciting incident, this inciting action, and this threat that has come into the world that everyone is reacting to. So spend some time, really think about this, because this is going to, this should build out of that quintessential element that we thought of. So for example, going back to Star Wars, if you remember, we boiled Star Wars down to the force. That it's, that's its quintessential element. Well, then this inciting incident is actually the fight between the Jedi and the Sith. And you can see how that remains constant through all of the movies, even the good and the bad ones. That's a constant theme throughout all of them. And you can see how that grows out of our quintessential idea and how it grows out of our initial subject. So once you have that, you have to start thinking who it affects. And we're going to draw a circle, and that circle is going to be where the story will take place. Once you have an idea of what your inciting action is going to be and what the threat in the scenario is going to be, now it's time to draw a circle. And it's important here, we're not drawing a map. We're defining our story world. And our story world is going to be different from our 
world in story. That might sound a little bit confusing. Let me explain that. The story world, for example, in, let's say, Star Trek The Next Generation, is the Enterprise. It is not the Federation. It is not the Galaxy. It is the Enterprise. For Voyager, it's Voyager. For Deep Space Nine, it's Deep Space Nine. Each of these is the story world. Star Trek Enterprise, surprise, surprise, it's the Enterprise. Star Trek Discovery, surprise, surprise, it's the Discovery. This is our story world. This is the place where our story is going to be taking place. Now, as you can see, it is going to take place within a larger context that we will be fleshing out. But this, this circle, is what we referred to in Stealing Fire from the Gods as the entity being transformed. See, we're not going to change the whole world unless we're writing The Lord of the Rings and we're actually changing the whole world that by getting Strider to the throne and getting him crowned, we are going to restore the world because the Fisher King is healed and all of that stuff. And that might be the story you're telling. And in that case, then your circle goes around the whole world. But most of the stories that we're telling, we're putting a little circle in. Going back to our earlier examples, we're doing a story about the Crusades. This is going to circle most of Europe and most of parts of North Africa and the Middle East. That's where our story is going to take place. The events will eventually ripple out into East Asia and down in, into the rest of Africa and into Northern Asia and the rest of the continent. But for time being, the actual events are going to be limited to the, those places. If we're doing our Trojan War story, our circle is going to be right there around Troy and the various city-states that are going to take place in the war. Probably, though, focusing mainly on Troy. But there you go. So picking this circle is one of the first really important questions that you have to ask yourself, because this is the, this is not the character. This is the place the character is, the world the character lives in, the world that the character themselves will be changing. So in Star Wars, this is the entire galaxy, because all of our heroes have an effect on the galactic government, and that effect on the galactic government affects everyone in the galaxy. So they are actually trying to transform the galaxy. That is a hard circle to maintain. And if you don't believe me, watch the sequel trilogy. <laughs> they show how untenable that that can be. Because the larger the circle, the higher the stakes have to be. The higher the stakes have to be, well, the harder it is to make the stakes believable and present. And then you start dealing with power creep and what have you. I mean, think about Buffy, the vampire slayer, right? In the early seasons, she's just, def she's just defending the school. And then she's defending the town, and then she's defending the world, and then she's kind of defending the galaxy, the, the, the whole universe, because of all the demons and dark forces trying to flood through. Charmed, same power creep. Because if you don't draw your circle and maintain your circle, well, every time you tell a story here, you're going to have to escalate. You're going to have to grow out of it. You're going to have to 
make the circle bigger and make the circle bigger and make the circle bigger. At a certain point, the circle can't grow anymore. This is the place that the Marvel movies find themselves in, right? After Infinity War and Endgame, the circle is around the entire cosmos. When Thanos snapped his fingers, he affected every planet, every species, every creature in the known and unknown universe. So defeating Thanos did the same thing. So what you're going to see them do is starting with the newer movies, and you can see this starting to happen with um, Far From Home, but you're going to see this more in the other movies. They're going to start shrinking that circle back down again and slowly growing it back out because they're going to have to define a new circle because that circle, the threat was the Infinity Stones. All the way back to the beginning, the threat is the Infinity Stones. It is the inciting event for the whole thing. Well, they are no more. So that entire series is done. The circle has been complete. It's finished. So they're going to have to draw a new circle around a new set of events and start building it up again. This is what you're doing with the entity being transformed. And this is where, like for me, I do a lot of stories that take place in the same universe, but in their own series, because the series draws that circle in the world. I do this for a couple reasons. One, it allows me to reuse my world building, so I'm not constantly in a state of having to reinvent the wheel. I create a fantasy world that I like. I create a sci-fi world that I like. I create an urban fantasy world that I like. And I just continue to build it out, flesh it out, and grow it. And I just draw a different circle somewhere else. And that's where the story is going to happen. And that's where the story is going to take place. For people who are not interested in doing that kind of universe building or that kind of series building and want to do this story by story, then be careful in this part of the process to draw your circle properly. Because if it's too broad, you're going to have to spend a really long time developing that universe. Like I said, with Lord of the Rings, that does affect everything. Tolkien spent his entire life fleshing out how that works and all the different parts and components and everything that led to everything to get there. If that's your, what you want to do, go for it. Have fun with it. But also remember, if you're not building a shared universe for your stories to take place in, you will be doing world building, more world building for each project. That is, of course, unless you're working in the real world. But even then, that requires world building because you have to make sure that you understand the cities and the places and the times. And world building is a constant thing. So ask yourself very seriously, what is the entity I am transforming? What am I drawing the circle around? And you'll see this from the threat. This is why that threat and inciting action is important. Because the inciting action for, say, a series like Star Trek The Next Generation is the Enterprise has been commissioned and sent out on a five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, and to seek out new life and new civilizations, and to boldly go where no one has gone before. And that's the inciting action. And that's actually where our story starts with Encounter at Farpoint. And our circle gets drawn around the Enterprise. And every event that takes place in the story comes out of that. 
So what is your threat? And what are you drawing a circle around? What is the sphere of influence that your characters have the power to change? That's important. Now, again, we're not thinking about our book yet. We're still not thinking about our book. Because our book, when we develop our story focus, much, much, much later in the process, we will be drawing a small circle inside this bigger one, and that's where our story is going to take place. So, for example, in an individual episode, we draw a circle around either, to go to the next generation example, around Riker or Picard or Crusher or Data or Troy or Worf, whoever our main character is, they now become the center of the circle, and we look at their particular sphere of influence, and that becomes our new circle for this entity being transformed and blah, 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 blah. We'll talk about that later when we get to story focus at the end. Right now, our main focus, our main goal is to figure out for this story world, what is the circle? What is the entity being transformed? Is it the family? Is it the company? Is it the state? Is it the region, the religion? The wh what is it? What is the entity? And once we have that, we can go on into probably what you thought was going to be the start of this, the more rigorous world building. All right? So I hope you're enjoying this series. I'm having a fun time doing it. I really like talking about this stuff. If you have any questions or comments or topics you want to hear addressed on the show, in the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short. Keep it clean so I can use it on the show. I would love to hear from you. If you'd rather hit me up on social media, I am C. Dorset on both Twitter and Instagram, and you can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. With everything going on right now, I really feel weird saying this, but our main business is a restaurant, and so, you know, times are hard, and listenership is down right now, and it's, it's hard for everybody. If you are capable of helping out, in the show notes, you'll find a link to both my Patreon and the listener support. Thank you to everyone who does that. You mean the world to me. If you can't, that, trust me, completely understand. But if you know anybody that you think would like what I'm doing, especially this world building seminar, please share it with them. I am putting together a playlist on Spotify. So if you look for me on Spotify. I'm C.E. Dorset on Spotify. You'll find the playlist for all of these episodes, as well as some of the other playlists I'm putting together. Um, you'll also find it eventually when I get to a point where I can, I'll be linking it on projectshadow.com itself. But anything you can do to spread the word that helps out immensely. Alrighty. Um, I, I guess that's it. Tomorrow, we will start going into the value being pursued, the scourge, and maybe even the hook if we can get there. But we'll talk about that more tomorrow. Until then, please stay safe, stay well, and, and especially now, do not forget to have the fun. Bye.